give him a hand. Appreciate all you do. How early you come in. So we are finishing our series on where is our future. I am very excited. I have been thinking about the next four weeks of the life of our church for about the last 12 months. So I really want to encourage you guys uh, this morning as we finish based on the topic where is our future, individual versus community. And if you can bring up that little prop for me, April, it's just underneath your feet. Uh, everyone needs a recharge or a jump start. Please note that they are Essendon colours. There was a louder boo than I appreciated. I don't know who that was. I'm going to ignore those. There's a front seat at the left-hand side. available from this week moving forward. It's going to stretch those out. We're going to use those later. But we know we're here to do church, but quickly let's talk about camping. Amen? So I went camping. And um, it was incredible. We went to Pambula. Um, one of the things uh, that happened while we were away is we were playing golf in Marimbula and I felt like I saw a lion that had lost its hair and got an incredible tan walking across the fairway of one of the holes. It turns out it was a goanna. Has anyone ever seen a goanna in real life? It's like a Brazilian lion. Like it's got no hair. It was a beast. It was huge. Anyway... This is the reality of what's going on. I did say that. I'm moving on. It just came out of me. I didn't process it. I've been relaxed. We'll delete that from the intro. Welcome to Uni Hill Church. So we're playing golf and I see this incredibly large lizard. Now you've got to understand, my personality is simply this. If it's scary or extreme, I like to leave it alone. Can I get away from those people? I like to minimise risk. I like to increase comfort. The guy that I holiday with, his name is Jared. We've done about eight family holidays together. He's been an influence in my life. He was my first connect group leader. He's an incredible guy. But what he always does is he always prods me and stirs me up to do things that I wouldn't normally do, but he knows that I will enjoy the experience. So I walk, we're about to, to tee, tee off. I play golf about once or twice a year, but I have the expectation that I should be just a little bit below a pro. Does anybody else feel that way when they play sport? So my mentality is that I'm amazing, so I'm completely frustrated and agitated from about one hole in. And anyway, I go to hit it, and I look up, and I go, what is that thing? He goes, we've got to have a look at it. I said, no, we've got to leave it alone. So anyway, he goes, come on, come on, let's just get a little bit closer. Let's just get a little bit closer. So you know what I did? I said, okay, I took my club out of my bag and I pretended like it's because it was the next club I was going to use, but I was preparing to hit that thing if it was going to come near me. So as we're approaching, uh, we, we get a bit closer and I'm like, isn't that fantastic? Come on, let's move on, let's go. He goes, no, let's poke it with a stick. I said, no, leave it alone. It's walking. It's big. <laughs> Think about the children. They weren't even there, but I was panicking. So anyway, we got a bit closer and we didn't poke it with a stick. I won that, but the, the banter was, if you don't poke it with a stick, I'll come a bit closer. 
So we got a bit closer, and as I looked at it, it was incredible. This thing was huge, and you know what? I enjoyed the experience. What had happened is, because he was with me, I had done something I never would normally do. Then the next day, the mums went out for um, uh, a morning to themselves, which was awesome. So myself and Jared, we were left between us. We have seven kids. Um, Seven kids left with two fathers. You know it's going to be a fantastic afternoon. So where we were staying in Pambula, there is, from what Jared described to me, a very gentle walk, uh, which you go along the rock faces at the beach, and eventually you make your way up to this beautiful cliff face where you can look at the ocean, and he, and he sold it to me like a very spiritual thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, we could pray up there, and it'd be really cool, and he's got kids uh, that are um, uh, very uh, good when it comes to climbing, jumping, uh, extreme. As we were walking, one of them picked up a crab and myself and Lila screamed. I was much louder than her. Um, but I said that she frightened me, but it was the crab. And uh, we walked and, and we climbed and we got there and the whole time I was uncomfortable. Have you ever been in a situation where you're there, but you're like, wow, I don't know if I want to be here. But what happened is we got to this place where we, we had to climb up about a metre. It was really the only, uh, I say, see, I say about a metre and I point up there. It was probably about a metre. That's probably too high about a metre. Let's, let's change it to about two. And um, all we had to do was climb this bit and then we could walk. And then eventually you make your way to this rock face. And I get there and I look at Lila and, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm just not keen on her doing it, but really it was me. But I had an opportunity to use her. Um, so I said, come on, Jared, once again, think of the children. Um, he said, come on, you have to do it. He goes, if you can just get through this moment, if you can just keep going, if you can just do it, you'll have an experience that you'll be able to share with your kids that you'll remember for a long time. So I don't know what it is. My, my mum, I blame my mum, she used to watch me check the mail till I was 16 years of age. <laughs> Literally, the mailbox was the piano and I'm the front door and my mum would go, you want to check the mail? I'm coming. So I'm trying and I'm fighting to not do that to my kids but allow them to have experiences. And he knows that and he's very good at making sure everyone's okay. So eventually we get up, we get to the top and it was incredible. Oh, the view, the waves crashing in. It was a big rock, so no one had to be close to edges. So I was happy about that. And what had happened is because of a relationship that I had, a person that I'm in community with, I was able to be stirred up. I was able to be provoked enough to have an experience that I would not have had if I was by myself. There is no way I would have gone along that rock face, climbed over and walked past all those crabs, grabbed my three children and brought them with me without a person that I trusted, that I admire to come alongside me and say, you can do it. It's worth the feelings of uncomfort and discomfort in order to get the experience. You see, the thing is, he jumpstarts my courage. What he does is, is I, I, lose, I lose my ability to go, oh, look, there's too many things I can't control. It's not for me. And he says, come on, keep pushing, keep going, keep going. This morning, I want to talk about individual versus community from the basis this, we are better together. That was not allowed. Yeah, we are better together. Amen. Yeah. 
Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, you make me better. Oh, good. People learn to go both ways. That's kind. If it's a chair next to you, that's nice. They support you. We are better together. In Hebrews, we're going to turn to this morning. If you want to look up chapter 10, we're going to go starting from verse 19. Now, we don't know who the writer of Hebrews is. Uh, initially, they thought it may have been the Apostle Paul, but there, there's a lot of evidence that suggests through writing styles and, and other things that, that it is not him. But the writer, it's very easy uh, to see that the foundation and, and the basis of what he is writing about. He's effectively writing to Jewish people and saying, don't turn from the relationship you have with Jesus back to Judaism. Don't turn away. Now that you've found Jesus, hold on to Him. If you were to broaden it, it could also be some scholars write, effectively, don't turn away from the one true God back to paganism. Don't turn from God. They had experienced Jesus and now there was cultural pressure to leave it. You see, I think about it and I instantly think, you know, good community can stir up the gift of God in you and poor community can pull you away. And what was happening is this writer is now beginning to address uh, some of the things that's going on. In, in chapter 10, the previous chapters, the writer is all about explaining and expressing how Jesus is superior to where they've come from, their old covenant, their old way of doing things, the way that they would approach God. It is far better in the new covenant because of Jesus Christ. So why would you let go of what you've been given? Why would you walk away? Jesus is is better. Amen? Amen? The world needs to understand and we need to leave this place knowing that Jesus is better. No matter what options are out there, no matter what the world tries to tell you is true, let this community stir up the gift of God in each other to know that when we walk and when we go, Jesus is better and He is over our life. Amen. We found Him. So let's read from chapter 19. Chapter 10, verse 19. Thanks, Pastor Greg. He runs teaching uh, things every Friday morning, 9 till 10.30. 10.30, 9.30 10.30. Can't remember the time. I was there. It was great. <laughs> Reading from verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is His body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near, everybody say, draw near, to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to clean, cleanse us from our guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who has promised is faithful. Everyone say, he is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, right now we come to you. Lord, my prayer is that you speak. Lord, and that we listen. Let our hearts be open this morning as we approach your word. Lord, we sincerely want to hear from you. 
Lord, we sincerely want to implement it into our life. We don't want to just be hearers of the Word, but doers, Lord. Speak to us, we pray this morning. Help us as a community to together grow closer to You. Lord, we love You in Jesus' name. Amen. What a cool portion of Scripture. So from the premise that this writer has just been speaking about that Jesus is better, He's better than the old covenant, the old way of doing things. You see, he starts with the therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have the confidence to enter the most holy place. You see, this is incredible. Because of Jesus, we can now enter the holy of holies, the presence of God because of Jesus. We get to do that. We get to carry the boldness the confidence that as we approach our Heavenly Father, because of the work of Jesus Christ, because we've been made righteous through faith, we can, with boldness and confidence, as it says in Scripture, approach the presence of God. Now, that doesn't mean with re- we don't leave reverence. We need reverence. We need respect. We need all. You know, but the reality is we approach God as if He is our Heavenly Father because He is, and Jesus has made a way for us to do that. But in the culture that they came from, you see, what could happen is you could only enter uh, the, the, the holy place once a year on the Day of Atonement. And it was the high priest was the only person that could approach God on behalf of the people. He would have to come and he would have to bring the blood of, of, of a sacrifice of animals and he, he would have to approach God. And, and what would happen is because of the blood of Jesus, the writer is saying, we don't need that anymore. And because of Jesus, we can approach boldly. You see, the culture that this writer is speaking to is like the culture out of Exodus. When they approached the presence of God, it was with fear and trembling. They were panicking. They were scared. But now because of Jesus... We as a community have this confidence. We can approach God with boldness. He is for us, not against us. We have confidence in the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. On Thursday night, we had an eldership meeting. It was at my place. And I want to paint the picture of it like this to you. This meeting is very important. I have to encourage you to make it, if you can, and you feel that this community is your home, a priority over the next four weeks. Next week, you will hear a timeline of things that are going to happen in our church that I know God is moving. So to me, this meeting was incredibly important because I wanted to uh, uh, talk about and, and, and work through with our elders about what was going on. So we've prepared the meeting. I'm opening in prayer. And as I'm beginning to pour out vision towards our elders, I get a tap on my shoulder. It's Kiara out of bed. She's interrupting me as I'm speaking to the elders and says, Dad, you didn't tuck me in. <laughs> now, I'm looking at it, I'm like, you're nine. I'm like, do I explain to you we're in the middle of something going on here and you're interrupting? But you know what it was? She had the confidence to approach her father. It doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter the timing. It doesn't matter who's around. What matters is I need to talk to my dad. I'm in communication and I can approach him boldly. This is my house and I want a snuggle buggle. We've got two versions. A snuggle is when I've got to be quick. I've got stuff going on. A snuggle buggle is when I have a little cuddle. You know, I pray for her. I pat her hair. I fall asleep. 
She stays awake. April wakes me up about 8.30 and says, you've fallen asleep. I go, okay. And I get up. You didn't need to know that, but that's my household. <laughs> so what happens is she knew that she could approach her father. She had confidence to approach her father. You have to understand in this community, because of Jesus Christ, we have been given confidence to approach the throne room of God. It's not with fear and trembling. It's not with, oh my goodness, I hope that I don't, I don't die before the presence of God. It, because of Jesus, we as a community need to understand we have confidence in the relationship of God because of Jesus Christ, His work on the cross, and we've been made righteous through faith in Him. We have confidence. So don't walk around when you walk into work and go, I, I don't know where I stand here. Be confident God is with you. You might not need to have all of the attributes, the intelligence, it doesn't matter. God is with you. You might not have the plan yet, but God is with you. Why? Because we are with Jesus. So He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain. This is, this is His body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, now we're about to get into it. It says, let us draw near to God. Draw near to God. I love the fact that what David said this morning about community tied in, I love that Anne used the scripture about drawing near to God and he will draw near to you. It says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings. You know what? I'm confident in entering the presence of God, but you know what? I know that I'm close to him. We live in a world currently where the quality of deep relationships is actually decreasing. One of the uh, articles I was reading this week uh, narrowed in on social media, decreasing the quality of communication because we're the most connected we've ever been, but yet we're the most disconnected we've ever been. They talked about how they say over 86% of communication is body language, but yet we have a generation of people going, how are you going? I see young people gather together to have community and all of them are on their phone. Just crazy is I believe that, you know, social media can help you be connected. But if it becomes something that you're doing hours upon hours upon hours, you always find your hand scrolling. What happens is that begins to decrease the quality of the closeness of your relationships because something is missing out. There is a world out there, they did a survey of 20,000 people and they said that 46% of them said that they at least feel some feelings of loneliness or are lonely all the time, but yet they say they're so connected. Do you know how you are connected? It is by deep and meaningful and genuine relationships. This is what the world is seeking. This is what the world is missing. And this is what you find in Jesus. We as a community have confidence knowing that we can enter the presence of God and now we can come and draw near to Him. I think about it. God has made Himself available to us through Jesus to draw near to. And some of us don't take that opportunity. 
Imagine if I had come to April and I said, listen, I've cancelled all my appointments. I've made my schedule clear. I'm wide open for us to connect. Let's get together. But April, fully aware that I've cleared my schedule, I've made myself available, but doesn't take the opportunity. It devalues almost what I've done. Because of Jesus, we're allowed to enter into now the presence of God. We're allowed to draw near, but the question that I ask myself is, am I taking that opportunity? God's made Himself available and we can lean in where we can have a deep relationship with God, get to know Him, let Him speak over our life, speak over our families, speak over our future as a relationship that is deep with Him. You know, my desire is to know God more, is to know His presence more. I'll be speaking next week, and I know I'm not going to go there. Next week, I'll be talking about what you worship defines who you are, and it will define who we are, and we'll be a people that will draw near to God. Amen? Having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us... unswervingly hold to hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. We can hold. I can't move away from the hope. I hold on to that hope. Nothing can separate me from that hope I have in Jesus because he who made that promise is faithful. As a community, we have confidence. As a community, we can draw near to God and He will draw near to us. As a community, we can hold to hope. We cannot be moved because of who He is. What He's promised is faithful. I go shopping. I try to look trendy one day a week. That's on a Sunday morning. Afterwards, you see me. I'm just not that cool. Let's be honest. But there's a young guy in our movement, I think he's the trendiest guy. Uh, he's the youth pastor at the, the Bendigo location in our network. His name is Mason. He's just this trendy, trendy dude. So whenever we're near, I try and save up my shopping energy. Is there any guys or people in this room that the moment you have to go shopping, it's like all energy leaves you? It's like, oh, I reckon that's why they created the husband seat. You get there, you just fall under that husband seat. And you're like, I am so tired. Why am I so tired? It's because no one likes shopping. Lots of people like shopping. I don't like shopping. So what happens is I don't want to try things on. I make decisions quickly. So when I go with Mason, this is the trust. He goes, Charles, this will look good on you. So because he's such a cool guy, because I think he's so fashionable, the merit that's in his life, because of what he says and who he is, I hold to the hope that when I wear it, I look cool. I'm on about a 60-40% ratio, but I'm getting better. You see, it says this in the Word, that we can hold unswervingly to hope that we profess because He who promised is faithful. I know this, that God is faithful, which means whatever I'm walking through right now in my life, as a community, we can know this, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. Because God is faithful. And He promised He'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. He promised that when we draw near, He'll draw near to us. He promised that we would have a future and a hope. And He who made those promises is faithful. 
so we can draw near. We can hold to hope, which is the next one, Jono. And then moving past that, and let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. How we may spur one another on. You know, I think about it. I, I, I don't think that you can often spur up yourself. I've been doing this thing every now and then uh, called Park Run. Park Run is a concept where uh, people meet at 8 o'clock in the morning and they run five kilometres together and then they run back. There is a huge one in Diamond Creek. I think it's one of the biggest in Victoria. There are hundreds of people that rock up to run. I know. And... Um, what happens is every time I've been there, I run faster than what I normally would run. I get there and, and there's something in it. I'm, I'm just spurred on. I'll be running and people will be coming the other way and they'll be encouraging you. The other thing that seems to kill me is there is elite children that run faster than me and the adult in me says I have to beat them. And I run further and I run harder than what I do normally when I'm by myself. I find that when I'm by myself, because I know I like comfort, I seem to be far more pleased with myself and far less exerted at the end of the run. Because I'm like, I just, I feel like I'm like, you are doing so well, you example of health and fitness, you know? But I'm not really pushing myself that hard. I was like, how's your run? Yeah, about 1K. I took a phone call. I wandered around for a bit. You know, I ran a bit more, saw a bird, thought I'd pray, you know. But when I'm at this park run, it's like I'm running. I'm like, that guy is pushing on. That guy is running. I'm going to try and stay with him. I am tired, but I've got to keep going. I am tired. And then there's people running the other way and you might know them and they say hello, but you're so tired, you miss them. I'm sorry, Clarissa. And what happens <laughs> is you're pushing on. You see, the Bible says to spur one another up to good works and good deeds. So what it said, let me break it down real quick and then I want to get into an application for our community. We have confidence that we can enter the presence of God. We can draw near to Him. We can hold to hope. But now because of these things, let us stir one another up because of the previous three to good works and good deeds so that we can mature in our relationship with God. Here's the thing, we're not meant to live an idle life. Pastor Nick says, God doesn't just wanna bless your life, He wants to build your life. So sometimes you need to have the Jared in your world that begins to stir you up to do things you wouldn't normally do when you're by yourself. But when you begin to do it, when you get in a community that is spurring you on to love and good deeds, you'll do things you don't normally do. You'll step out in a way you don't normally step out because there is a community pushing you to serve God. You know, there are many examples. Maybe you come here and you begin to share with the community, gee whiz, this family member is so unlovable. And then the person in this community says, you need to keep loving them. You need to keep going. You need to keep praying. You need to keep believing God will shift the atmosphere of their heart that you'll be able to speak into it. You know, I want to stir you up this morning and say thank you for those that serve in this house. I think of the kids ministry. That is a big responsibility and there is a lot of training to take place, but you are a part of raising up 
up a generation in this church that is going to set and catapult. Those kids are going to go far beyond our time. Don't stop serving the kids department. It's a lot of work, but you are doing love and you are doing good deeds and you are a vital part of this community. Whether it's the car park, whether it's the door, keep going. It's bigger than what you think it is because you're serving God. You're meeting people where they are. Whenever you press in, this community is helping you and alongside you to see you grow, to see you mature and to see you develop into the person that God has you to be. But we can't do it alone. And what happens is the writer then answers this question. How do you keep doing these things? Confident, faith, hope and love is the concepts within these scriptures. How do you remain in those places? How do you stay encouraged? How do you stay buoyant in those things? The writer says two things. Not giving up meeting together. That's us coming together right now as a community. As some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. The concepts meet together and encourage one another. I'd love to show you in a practical example. I need two people that know Enough to at least have had a flat battery in their car, in their life. Can I have any two people? Give me a wave. Thanks, Dan. Beautiful. Anyone else? Anne-Marie. Yeah, wow. We can. <laughs> Woo! For those that know Anne-Marie, come up. This would be great. This is be great. Okay. This is brilliant. Let's give him a hand. Come on, let's give him a hand. Let's encourage him. Thanks, Dan. I'll get you to, I'll get you to stand here. Okay, that's great. So um, what we're going to do right now is we're just going to play a little game with the church. Um, we are going to pretend that you're a car, okay? So we're going to work with that. You're a car, you're a car. But Anne, we're going to give you the car with the flat battery, okay? That's way more funny than you think, church. You've got to understand. I'm going to give you a normal car that's working, it's healthy, it's just been serviced, it's, it's, a, it's elite, it's a V8. Do you like V8? Whatever you like, imagine... I hate them. Well, what do you want? A sports card? You come on, we're up here. Pick a Maserati. Great choice. You can be a laser, a Ford laser. Okay. All right, brilliant. So, Anne, you're a car, and you and and you've come out in the morning. You've left your light on all night. Okay. Or you've locked your keys in the car. This is very funny, church. You got to understand. Okay, Anne, you got a flat battery. You turn the key in the ignition. What noise does your car make? <laughs> So her car makes the sound of an opening door. That's brilliant. Okay, so what happens? Do it again. That's about right. Yeah, it's a and it slowly slows down to nothing. So your battery's flat. Okay. My main man, Dan. What sound does your car make when you push the button start? You don't even have a key. You got like one of them elite start, stop, but you got to put your foot on the brake, but no one ever tells you that. What sound does yours make? My man. And then keep going when you hit the throttle a little bit. I didn't know they sounded like that, but that's amazing. Okay, so Anne, your car, your car has, has broken down. Okay, it's a flat battery. We know it's a flat battery. Now, now you have these available, and it just so happened that, that Dan is here. So, so what you would do, I'm going to help you. Do you know, you'd know what to do, don't you? Is you're going to get these. You're going to hold them. Okay, so, so that's where they are. Dan, you come along, and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. 
I'm going to help you. Don't touch them together. I heard that's not a good thing. Right now, I might be fine. So effectively, (laughs) effectively, let me explain to you what's happening. Anne-Marie is flat. She's tired. She's not working. Do you know, there are many things in your world that might make you flat. Fear. Doubt. Anxiety. Isolation. You see, what happens is Anne's battery is flat. But what happens is is that there is a person that can come along. Now, Dan, if you're well over there, so let's go for a walk. You're over here. You haven't yet come together. The Bible says, do not put off coming together. Now, what happens is Anne is flat and she's isolated. But effectively, what we're hoping we'll be able to do is Dan's battery, through coming together and getting connected, he'll infuse what is in him in order to come through in the hope that what was once flat will become buoyant again. But here's the thing, the connection can never be made unless you come together. Has anybody ever had a car where the batteries are on the wrong side and these cords just are a little bit too short and you have to come right alongside as close as you can in order that the connection can be made. But what happens when the connection is made is Dan comes closer and then what is in him is able to be infused into who Anne is. You see, the thing is to encourage is to give courage. You see, Anne may be deflated by doubt. She may be deflated by fear. But what happens is by coming alongside and getting connected to the right community, what is in Dan can be infused into who Anne is. And what can happen is what was once flat is now running once again, creating its own momentum, its own excitement. And what then can happen is you can begin to change others. Let's put them down. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. You see, don't meet off coming together. As some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. The purpose of coming together is to encourage one another and to stir up one another to love and good deeds. But here's the thing. If you're not connected to community, it's very hard for you to be stirred up. It's very hard for you. If you're in a place where you're feeling flat, where you're feeling alone, when you're feeling scared, the first question that I want to ask you this morning is, are you properly connected? Are you connected to the community that you're a part of so that the people that are around you can begin to infuse in faith, can begin to infuse in love, can begin to infuse in hope? Because that is what should be coming out of the Christian believer. I read a portion of a book this week that was sent to me. I'd love to read it to you. It says this, the people we surround ourselves with will either raise or lower our standards. They either help us to become the best version of ourselves or encourage us to become lesser version of ourselves. We become like our friends. No man becomes great on his own. No woman becomes great on her own. The people around them help them to make them great. We all need people in our lives who raise our standards or I could say stir one another up to love and good deeds, reminding us of our essential purpose and challenge us to become the best version of ourselves. You see, community helps us to keep pressing into God. 
See, see, the foundation of the Christian walk is to love God and love your neighbour, to experience Jesus and His love. But I think we have a plague of disconnectedness in our society. But we will be a community that will become a light on a hill. See, the Bible says that they will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. Because see, what happens is when you get in a society and a community like this, there's a lot of stirring going on. Hey, you gotta do more. You gotta press in more. You gotta continue to fast and pray. What are you believing for in this fasting period? Now, let's just quickly look at our diaries. It's from the 4th, the Monday to the 24th. That's three calendar weeks. See what happens, right? I just had to slip that in, cop that one, buddy. He's the details man around here and he's amazing at it. Here's the thing, what are you praying and what are you believing for? Do you know why we're putting on corporate prayer meetings? Do you know why we're putting on prayer meetings in the morning? It's so that we can pursue the presence of God where there is hope, where there is faith, where there is love together and we can stir one another up. Maybe there are things that you're believing for this year. Get those around you to encourage you in it, to walk with you in it. Draw near to God. One of the the things that I just feel to ask uh, and based off that uh, little snippet out of the book is simply what, what is coming out of the people that you're around and you're in community with? Is it faith? Is it hope? And is it love? Because if it isn't, what is being infused into your life? This community will be full of faith in Christ and His purpose for our life, full of love for one another, full of hope, because He who made the promise is faithful. And then we're gonna stir one another up to grow. We're gonna stir one another up to serve Him, to represent Him. So could we stand and close our eyes this morning? I know our time is gone, so I'll come quickly to a close. But we want to bring some words of encouragement this morning for some people. Pastor Greg, I'll get you to come and join me. To infuse courage. To infuse peace, joy, hope, assurance. Why bring the lights down just for a moment of privacy? I I don't need to see these hands. But what I want to do this morning, and at the outset of our year, about to launch into our vision month. I'm making a very exciting announcement next week. What God put on my heart is that we need to draw near in a new way. We need to draw, we need to draw into His presence where we find hope and peace and love and strength. Now, I don't know what your devotional life is. I don't know what your private world is. I don't know if you read the Bible in a year. I don't know if you read the Bible at all. It doesn't matter your level of devotion and relationship with God. I believe the word for every person in this place is will you draw closer? Will you draw closer? So if you're able to this morning, as a sign of faith, And in a sign of responding to that word, 
that you will draw closer to God. Whatever it is, you'll, you, you'll find more time or, or you'll concentrate harder or you'll be more disciplined or you'll focus on what you're supposed to focus on. But whatever it is in your context, you would draw closer. If that's you, would you raise your hands this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we stand here as a community wanting to draw closer to You. Lord, we know that as we draw closer to You, we need community to help us continue to strive for that. As iron sharpens iron, Lord, help us to stir one another up, to love You more and draw closer than we ever have before. Help us to get connected. Help us to connect with community, to connect more with You. Help us, Lord God, to spur one another on. Lord, we want more of You. Faith without works doesn't mean much. Help us to love You and then act on it, Lord. Thank You, Father. Amen. So just quickly what we're gonna do is uh, Greg has a, a few words on his heart as I do. So Pastor Greg, I'm gonna ask you to come. What we're gonna do right now is, is uh, prophecy is to encourage and to build up, to edify. So what we're gonna do is we wanna in, infuse in, into people's lives right now in this place a word from God that will stir something from within them for them to keep going towards love and good deeds. Amen, amen. Judd, I have a word for you. So... Um the front in with you could you can leave your guitar on so just uh this morning I, your parents aren't here are they but i just really felt that um this year is going to be a really good year for you and there are there are parts of your whole life that maybe you feel were interruptions or distractions but one of the things god is going he's well, he has been doing but really is going to do this year there's a, there's a weaving together of your life and I feel for you there's a real ministry and anointing that's going to come and it's going to be a little bit unexpected you're not really sure what it's going to be and what it looks like but there's, there's like there's no accident here the, your whole existence every experience you've had negative and positive God's actually going to weave it together for His glory for His kingdom and, and there's something about this year for you that lies ahead and we all know about even the last year in particular what's happened within your family even that's included in what God's going to do so I want to pray let's pray for it Charles why don't you actually come I feel there's an anointing for you Judd this year and the Lord's going to do something that's extraordinary so Father we just pray over his whole house Lord we pray over Melissa their two children Lord we pray over Judd Lord we just thank you that you before the creation of the world knew this man's life and Father God, we just pray, Lord, that the ministry that you're calling him to, developing within him, and that the Holy Spirit's going to flow out of him, that this year would be a year of great opportunity, of development, of strength, and of anointing. We declare an anointing over Judd's life for this year in Jesus' name. Not just for this house, but for the glory of God and God's will, God's plan, God's kingdom will see the fruitfulness of Judd's life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have a word. Um, I don't know what it is, Cam. You, you stuck out today. It was like a spotlight when I was up here. 
felt the Lord say to me this for you. Uh, I don't know if you've ever ridden a bike before, but when you're going down uh, the wrong hill and uh, if the gear isn't right and it's, it's too high, you sort of pedal, but it's super quick and, and you almost feel a bit out of control because there's no drive when you're pedaling. There's no drive when you push. But what happens is that if you switch the gear, what happens is it kicks over and it becomes slow. And then all of a sudden as you pedal, there's drive there. And I believe what the Lord is saying for you is, is that there, there has been an occurrence in the last 12 months where you have been going at a speed where you're like, this is fantastic. But I almost feel like I'm, I'm teetering on the point of, of out of control here. But what I believe the Word of the Lord for you in this, season is that God's about to switch gears with you and all of a sudden what's going to happen is that the gears are going to move and you're going to all of a sudden when you're pedaling not only do you feel in control but you're going to be able to drive at a greater capacity there's going to be more for your life let me just quickly pray for you could we reach out our hands uh, this morning Right now, Lord God, I thank You for this mighty man of God. Lord God, I thank You for the purpose uh, that You've called his life to. But right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we declare more. We declare more. We thank You, Lord God, that You do not remove burden, but You give us the ability to handle it. You give us the ability to carry it, Lord God. As we've been stirred up, Lord God, to love and good deeds, I thank You, Lord, that there is another level coming on Cam's life. There is like a gear shift that is taking place. It's like as those cogs move and it moves into a higher gear, we thank You, Lord God, that there will be more opportunity. There will be more driving. We claim it in the name of Jesus. Another gear for Your emotional world. Another gear for Your finances. Another gear for Your family life. Another gear for Your spiritual life. God is taking You to another level. So walk with Your ear inclined to Him as He speaks and as He guides You. Because as You begin to drive, He has a hold of the wheel and He may begin to turn it and guide it in a direction that you may not have seen coming, but He makes up for lost time in Jesus' Name. You will get there quicker and easier than what your heart has ever desired as you remain submitted to Him in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 John Santo, can you, can you come out? I think I've got a word for you as well. As some of you know John, if... Um, Many of us from, from this church have had a relationship with John for many years and unfortunately this year one of his daughters passed away. And um, John and I have known each other for many, many years so it's quite emotional even bringing this word. But I feel for you, John, that actually Charles's word, his, his preaching was to encourage you. And that specific thing around encouraging one another, the depth of loss and grief that you carry I feel the Lord just wants me to say to you that He knows. He was there. He saw. He's with you right in the midst of it. And I, I actually feel that for you personally, that you there's going to be a lifting of your burden. There's going to be a lifting of the grief. And we've probably all experienced grief here, but sometimes we just need God and His Spirit to come and bring comfort. And I think the word for you is comfort. There's going to be comfort coming for you, John. And the Lord has seen that you've kept the faith. He's, he actually is very pleased because of your dedication to Him.
when the when you re, I think there'll be a moment where you'll really experience supernaturally the Spirit's comfort in your life. And then beyond that, there's going to be joy that comes. That, that is beyond any understanding, comprehension or experience. But I just feel that we should pray for you. There's going to be a lifting this year for you. And then there's some verses I'll give you later. But I, I really feel that for you, that there's going to be a lifting. There's a peace that's coming. There's a comfort. There's a joy that's going to come. And it's not going to replace. It's not going to cover over. But it's actually it's actually a, a supernatural touch from God. And so, Father, we just pray, Lord, over John. We pray over Kari, Lord. We pray over the whole family, Lord. We just pray in Jesus' name that your strength, your resilience, your ability to bring peace in the midst of a storm, your incredible supernatural peace that can be deposited within our hearts in the midst of grief, crisis and loss. Lord, we just pray, Father God, that your anointing would touch John, his whole family, his other daughters, Lord. I pray, Lord, for the extended family. But John, this is a, this is a year of comfort and joy for you. It's going to shift for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need breakthrough this year, I just feel that there's a word for many, many people in this room that, that something needs to shift and it needs to shift now. There, there I know, I, I just feel that there are people in this room and, and you're, you're almost at capacity. You're almost at that point where you don't know if you can handle anymore. And you need God to bring breakthrough. You need God to bring refreshing. You need God to bring peace. If that's you this morning, with every eye closed for privacy, would you raise your hands this morning? It's quite a few people. So what we're going to do right now in this room is we're going to finish declaring in unity that God will bring breakthrough. I see breakthrough coming. I see breakthrough coming. I declare right now that we as a community are walking into a season where because of His faithfulness, He who made the promise is faithful to see it through. Right now, we are declaring breakthrough. There may be people that are starting businesses. Breakthrough is coming. There may be people that have been suffering with hurt and loss. Breakthrough is coming. There are people that need finance. Breakthrough is coming. Right now, we are going to declare and we are going to praise in that there is breakthrough coming. Hallelujah, let's declare it.
We're almost done. It's just a moment right now. Begin to thank God for your breakthrough. Come on, lift the level of faith in this room right now that what you've been believing for, what you've been declaring over your family and over your walk right now, God is bringing breakthrough. Right now, why don't you begin to worship Him and thank Him, praise Him, worship Him. We thank You, Lord. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Oh, thank You, Lord. It's ours to take. It's ours to take. It's ours to take. It's ours to take. We reach out. We reach out. It's ours. closing this morning I say this this community is to stir you up to love and good deeds but you cannot be stirred up without being connected and coming together whenever you get a flat battery at some point in your life thank the Lord that you are connected and that you've come together in a place where we can be stirred up to love and good deeds amen Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for breakthrough. We thank you for people that are taking steps of faith. You know, Dave, right now, I just want to encourage you, man. God sees you're 21 years old. You've moved into state in the hope that God can use you. He who made the promise is faithful. Can we just declare breakthrough over our youth ministry in our church? Why don't we reach our hands towards Dave? Pastor Greg, why don't you gather around him? Jackie, elders, people, whoever's there. Right now, Lord God, we just declare that there is going to be an inpouring of young people that are experiencing the love of Jesus Christ. Lord God, we thank you for the past. Lord God, we honour the past and we thank you. But Lord, we thank you. You brought in the right leader and the right young people for such a time as this. We thank you that in your perfect timing and in your perfect season, you brought the right young people with an evangelistic spirit that know the love of Jesus and the right leader, Lord God, to come in to inspire and stir up the good works and the love, Lord God. Lord, right now we declare salvations. Lord God, we thank you that when we get the children, when we get the young people, we get the parents, we get the grandparents. Lord God, we see revival take place in families in the name of Jesus, Lord God, because I know this, that when we take the faith step, you meet us. Lord God, it has to be you and that's the way you like it. And we thank you for the faith of this young man.
and we thank you and we declare that because of it, you move, Lord. You have your will. You have your way. We pray for revival in this place in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Awesome. You can bring the lights up. Praise God. Please, please, next week come. I have literally had this word burning in my spirit for a long period of time. Please prioritise, get here early. Maybe call somebody that's been away on holidays from our community. Let's get them back for next week. God is taking us into a new season. Be blessed, I declare God's blessing over everyone in this place as they go throughout the week. In Jesus' name, bring them back safe, recharged, stirred up. In Jesus' name, amen.